Welcome to episode two of the Valley Variety Little Comedy and Little Lighthearted Sports Talk to get you through the rest of your day. My name is Jacob Jones. And my name is Ben Yates. We're going to start off today by talking about last night's ASU basketball game. ASU falls to the number 19 USC Trojans, 58-53 to from Desert Financial Arena. A pretty close game for the Sun Devils and a game that looked like they could have taken away from the Trojans, especially at the time they led in the, the second half, 38-30 to at one point. Yeah, it was a fun game. We went there in the student we section. Were. I have not seen that section hyped up more than this game. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what that student section felt like they were playing top twenty-five basketball. There was yeah. there was hecklers. There was foam fingers. There was the bachelor was there. Yeah, there was a there was a real bachelorette contestant that showed up. Uh, that is there an, was an ASU There's, alum yes. in the curtain of distraction, uh, and he was surrounded by Muppets. As well, uh, there, there was. It, it's 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 hard to explain. Yeah, it's you had to be there. It's kind of like it's kind of like an inside joke. But man, if you were at the game last night or watching it on ESPN too. Yes, it was one of the first times that I've seen the Inferno really get back to what it used to be like. That hyped up feeling that it used to. The student section went into the double sections last night. Yeah, I haven't seen that for a long time. And, it, and that's just the nineteenth team in the country. We're having a game against UCLA. And tomorrow, right? And then yeah. we have U of A coming in for another rivalry Monday game night, yeah. on Monday. And this this USC game was at nine p.m. The other two are going to be an hour or two hours yes. uh, before nine p.m. So there'll be even more people. It'll be even more hype. Yes. And we're probably going to get more blown out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you never know. But uh, yes, UCLA, the number three UCLA Bruins come to town Saturday, eight o'clock tip off, and then. The number seven Arizona Wildcats come to town for a seven o'clock tip-off. The duel in the desert, part two, as the Devils try to get some revenge from the loss down at McHale Center in Tucson. But the leading scorer for ASU last night was Jalen Graham. Really had that touch going, especially the inside game. 19 points, 9 for 14 on the day. Kamani Lawrence also had 14, 7 for 14 on the day. But again, the ASU bench did not come up as well as they thought they were going to. Only about 11 combined points from the Sun Devil bench last night. Something that needs to change if they're going to try to get these upset wins against top 25 opponents. I mean, this is something that obviously we've seen from the Sun Devils. But last night, for moments and for you know bits and pieces, it looked like the Sun Devil team was making some real runs, real drives. And looked like, you know, even the student section, you know, there's a reason the student section was getting hyped because it looked like there was an upset watch in Tempe. Yeah, and there's something I'm just now looking at. This is a live reaction of me looking to DJ Horn's stats. Yes. He scored four points. There you go. And that's the problem with your shooter. Your main shooter is one for eight from the three-point line. What What is that, two free throws yeah. you made? Only, yeah, two. Went to one the shot, yeah. two free throws. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay, DJ Horn. Yeah. Uh, that math makes sense, yeah. And but <laughs> seriously, your best score is yeah. not doing well, and you're losing by only five. So that's, that's not a horrible way to go about the game. And it just it, it must make you know Bobby sick. You know, if you get one more shot to go in, you win. If you know this shot by DJ Horn where he gets an open look, he had a lot of open looks last night. You know, the, a the, little too many. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's what makes it really frustrating though, mm-hmm. is that you know if you're an ASU fan like us, that you know we are. We're looking back on this game and saying, man, we had a real shot to take it to him. We did take it to him. For a lot of that game, ASU took it to him. Uh, maybe the best basketball that they've played 
this year. You know, a lot of well, great defense, almost like we had five or six blocks in the first half alone. Student section was going crazy. Crowd was into it. A pretty good crowd for a 9 o'clock tip-off. You know, this was some, you know, definitely looked like good basketball for the first time in a long time. But, again, ASU turned into a pumpkin. And I, I would I would dispute some claim, though, that ASU turned into a pumpkin. That's some good ASU basketball without DJ Warren. <laughs> yes. But I think it was a pumpkin of a game of USC. Because yes, you no look at their it. shooting percentage, it's around 30%. That's not winning basketball. That's... Uh, competing with ASU basketball. Yeah, so stats from the Trojans last night. Boogie Ellis, 21 points, 6 for 15, and 2 for 6 from 3. The other AS, the other USC scorers, their leading scorers for the other game that wasn't Boogie Ellis. Um, Mobley had only 12. Um, Akumpo, I hope, uh, that's probably not his last name, oh, only no. had 7 oh, points. No. <laughs> Goodwin only had 9. Peterson oh. only had 6. And the Trojans only had 3 combined points from their bench last night. That is something that, when you look back at ASU, will probably frustrate the Devils as, you know, USC only scored 58 points. You know, if you would have told ASU last night, you know, your opponent will only score 58 points, that feels and sounds like a Sun Devil win. But again, ASU and USC played a lot of sloppy basketball uh, last night. I was just looking up the player that you were trying to pronounce the name of. Yeah. I can't, I've never seen, an, I've seen Giannis, you know, but... Yeah, that's a. There's a reason I called him a kumpo or whatever I said. It's Ogbong Polo. Ogbong Polo. Ogbong Polo. I'm gonna go with that. Well, whatever his name is, he had seven points last night. Two for eight and two for seven from three point land. But you know, Max. The, <laughs> the Trojans <laughs> only shot. You know, comparison. The Trojans only shot thirty percent last night. Twenty five percent from threes, and the compare ASU was thirty two percent from. Um, field goal percentage, but the, le- the thing that I'm seeing right now that is the big red button is 14% from three last <laughs> night. Three for 21 for the Sun Devils from three-point land. Yeah, and we can point, we can jot that up to ball movement. Yes. Uh, coming down to the end of the shot clock, you're going five, four, three, oh, and you're looking around and no one else is moving. You've been going around for 30 seconds, no one's moving but you and whoever else is holding the ball. Yeah. When you pass it, they move. But that's not how you should be winning a game. Everyone has to move. Yeah. Then you pass the ball. Yeah, it just it just looks like it's it's hard to kind of describe what ASU basketball looks like when they play. It looks kind of like street ball. And we were talking about that last night. It does yeah. look like, and I've seen some street ball that, you know, has no offense, but has some better ball movement than what the Sun Devils had going last night. And that, right. And I think, you know, at times that, you know, you look around, they're getting the ball around, they're getting into their – their playmakers, but again, you look at the stat: three for twenty-one from three. So something wasn't clicking. You know, it was there was a lot of there was a lot of open opportunities. There's a lot of opportunities that the Sun Devils could have run away with it. And just a lot of bad shots. Yeah, was, I some of it I couldn't look at. I had to turn away and throw my arms up, like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I think the student section was finally realizing, "Oh my goodness, this this needs to." Start changing. What is going on? You know, right. A lot of a lot of hecklers for uh, in the student section last night. You know, had <laughs> and some... then one USC fan that we brought with us. Yes. Uh, uh, Shout out to Kenji. Yes. <laughs> uh, I would say I just I was about to say uh, the man that would be un, uh, unnamed, but no, he, we'll, well, we'll name him. His name is Kenji. He's <laughs> he's a USC fan yeah. who was cheering in the student section and he for was, the other team. And he was and he was feeling it last <laughs> night. He was. 
as as they say, he was smoking the Arizona State pack <laughs> last night. Yeah. But this is something that's going to be really concerning for Arizona State going forward. You know, you're going to play two top ten opponents uh, within the span of just three or four days, and that if you need to kind of start, you need to start figuring out what game plan works best for you. Because it feels like the Sun Devils are going with different game plans every game. ASU has not had a set game plan uh, this season. Maybe, you know, the three-game winning streak when they beat um, Creighton GCU. But away from that, I haven't seen any consistency from the Sun Devils this year. I'm not sure if you have, but there's been no real consistency from ASU basketball this year. And that's something that needs to start changing. If they want to start winning some games and get some more national respect. I've seen a consistent theme of passing to DJ Horn and hoping he does something. With right. It. I've seen open big men in the paint or people backing down smaller guys in the paint and no one passing to them. Right. I see a lot of poor three-point attempts, bad fouls uh, that are just obvious and the rest will call out every time. Right. Those are the consistent things, and they're all bad. There's not yeah. been a consistent good thing. And we talked about Bobby Hurley last week saying that he has to win at least two of these to mm-hmm. you know stay you know pos- in a positive light under ASU right. administration uh, and we're just not seeing any like you said consistency any right. form of consistency that will keep him here next season it just it's just you know it is and this is the frustrating part we talked about last time is that you know ASU who's not a premier program and you know this is these are the kind of wins you need to start becoming a premier program. Not maybe not automatically, but these games that are slipping away from you. Mm-hmm. And this is what this will you know this has kind of been the the game plan for the past you know five or six years. So ASU just doesn't have the dogs to just keep it rolling. You know you can beat Kansas twice, but then lose to Princeton. Right, and you can be number three in the country, but then lose to your rival, and then go on a eight for 12 streak and then you barely make the tournament yeah this is just this is so the number the, maybe the only consistency that i've seen from the program is that just the lack of consist- consistency yeah, and i've i've been to a women's basketball game to compare you know coaching styles uh they run a much more fluid offense mm-hmm. free throws suffer on both teams and that's yeah. uh that's not going to change both Men's and women's are suffering in free throws uh, and shooting percentages as well. Their yes. three-pointers po- three are uh, lacking on both sides. But moving the ball is a lot more obvious on the women's team. They have right. a game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, one of the best coaches in women's basketball. I'm not, I mean, I'm not tooting the horn, yeah. uh, but seriously, this is, I mean, she's Charlie Horton. Th- well, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I messed up the name. Uh, oh, tag in, tag in. Oh, Charlie no. Turner Thorne. Oh, yeah, no. and you're right. She has been one of the most premier Pac-12 coaches since she joined the Sun Devils back in 2009, just a- along with the Herb Sendek era. And then that has been the consistency for Thorne's teams, good or bad, is just the the hustle and the fight and the the push that I have not seen from the men's team for a, a few years. And you're starting, and you can see on the floor, being that close in the student section, you can kind of see their faces. They're they're mad. They're mad at each other. They're no communication. They're pointing. Bobby's pointing. Bobby is telling people to move. But then you watch the women's team, and you know, it feels more a lot more fluid. 
it just it feels a lot more like okay this is a set game plan this is a set area and that this is you know they have a plan first second third and fourth quarter where the men's team is really just kind of taking it um as they see it and then seeing kind of what sticks yeah I, i'm glad you talked for a period of time there i've turned red and i thought <laughs> i had to issue a public apology uh that was embarrassing. I, I had the name Taylor Horton Tucker in my head at the same time for some reason, and I just went with a combination of the two. It's all right, my friend. It's all right. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> it's okay. The one thing that has plagued both men's and women's teams, as we know, is that the number of postponed games that we have seen from both teams. ASU won on a stretch that they haven't played. They didn't play a game of basketball for almost a month. ASU women's games have had almost six postponed games due to COVID. They did play two tonight against the Oregon Ducks in Eugene, uh, t- taking the loss 58-72. to 72. <clears throat> But at the end of the day, you know, I don't think it's, it's very unfair to blame COVID and the pandemic on the play of the Sun Devils, you know, ev- because everyone's being affected by it. Right. And this is something that if you want to see both these programs get back to where they need to do, go, there just needs to be a lot more consistency. I need to see more drive. I need to see more passion. I need to see more fan support, for that mm-hmm. matter. I know the student section was filled up, but not but a lot of red seats and the concourse areas at Desert Financial Arena last night. Not only that, but I mean, in the student section, there's like you know five, maybe ten rows back. People are standing up, and then after the that row ten, you see. 20 rows of people sitting down. What are you doing? I know. and You got a free ticket to come see a ranked team. Stand up. Come on. Get, Stand up. You can't even watch student it. student-athletes. Please. I mean... What's the what's row 11 doing? Because you're just sitting behind a bunch of people standing up. You're not watching the game. Uh, it's like you're, you're just chilling. It's like... You're allowing row 12 to watch the game, but, I mean, what what are you watching, I, row I, 11? I, uh, they're, they're watching some backs. <laughs> That's all they're looking at. They that, can't see what, the game. What do you always told in basketball? Never turn your back to the ball. And that's exactly right. what Row 11 is doing. Row 11 can't even see. They're looking forward, but they're not even looking. Just chilling on their phones watching the game. Yeah. And it's, it's something that needs to be changed. What are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> speaking of change, uh, defensive coordinator Antonio Pierce is officially out uh, at the, of the Arizona State football program as the NCAA investigation is continuing mm. at Sun Devil Stadium. Uh, speaking of COVID not you know affecting... Team play and work. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. And, and this is just a really rough spot for ASU. We saw Zach Hill resign under the fire of the NCAA investigation just a week ago. And then Wednesday night, Antonio Pierce announced that he is no longer a part of the Sunderville coaching staff. Replacements are being made around the, around the football program, but it's still a really scary moment for ASU football. And it really begs the question of what does the future hold for the football program and for head coach Herm Edwards. And the future so far says to hold Herm Edwards for at least another season. Yes. Is what they have come to a conclusion. Yes. Dr. Ray Anderson has confirmed in many ways that Herm Edwards will be the head coach of AC football next year. He expressed it after the U of A win on November 28th. He talked to the team and said, Herm is your coach. But there, just the message is really funny because this has kind of been the up-and-down nature of the past four years in the Herm Edwards era of just the lack of consistency. And now we're starting to see it uh, in this investigation. And now it's and now it's kind of, now it's going to start turning ugly for the Sun Devils. And I hope that, you know, nothing too bad comes out of this. 
but mm-hmm. it's going to be a dark era of son of a football for um, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much else to say about. I mean, it's going to be hard to go uh, to a Sun Devil game and yes. you think you know these people are under investigation yeah. under the NCAA, and that's been circling all around the school for how many months? I mean, I came, I moved here just. No, yeah. a couple like four weeks ago now, mm-hmm. and one of the first things I hear about when I get here from my dad uh, when he texted me about it, and uh, you know everyone else walking around here was like, you know, oh football. <laughs> yes, <that laughs> we talk about been... football and the off season of football, and it just it's unfortunate because like a football program like ASU that has been asking for a lot more, and I know as a lot of Sunwell fans know that this was supposed to be the year that ASU run for the roses. And that this was the shot of the Rose Bowl. You had talent. You had Jaden going into his junior year. You had star wide receivers, L.V. Bunkley-Shelton, Ricky Pearsall, all coming back and joining the team, and nothing. And not exactly nothing, but 8-4 and four record when you look at the talent that we had. It's just, it's not, it's not something you can keep going for too long. And, you know, it begs the question, just like the Bobby Hurley question, how long does this go on for? And how long does ASU um, continue to be, you know, the fifth or sixth team in the Pac-12? You know, you're uh, you're below Oregon and USC and UCLA, and above these teams that are now passing out. Now Utah, who has become a pretty big rival for the Sun Devils, is now beginning to sur- surpass you in terms of um, program efficiency. You know, they went to the Rose Bowl, obviously lost to Ohio State, but still the, that momentum going to that program is where ASU wants to be, and should have been, hopefully, after this season. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard. I don't even know yeah. what to say without, you know, incriminating right. anyone that's under a criminal investigation yeah. of getting players to fly. Oh, they had to come through Phoenix Sky Harbor, correct? Yeah. Like, that's how they'd be flying in. Yeah. How, how many times do you think Antonio Pierce oh visited God. the it's, airport? <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, that if you've seen the Central Football YouTube page, you see the uh, the recruiting video of Antonio, Antonio Pierce pulling up in his Mercedes at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. <laughs> in and, a Mercedes. And, and, and yapping up the cameraman and saying, welcome to Forks Up, baby, Tempe, Arizona. And He's recruiting the cameraman now, too? It was it was some kind of, if we remember, it was a... It was a recruiting video of welcome to ASU, welcome to Arizona, and which showcased uh, Footprint Center, Chase Field, and In-N-Out Burger. Let's put it on the poll. Does Phoenix Sky Harbor know the face of Antonio Pierce? Oh, the, uh, I think that multiple times. It's well, if you don't, if you know, people remember here, he was part of the 2008 Giants who came here and won Super Bowl against uh, the Patriots, the undefeated Patriots. They were going for the old Don Shula um, undefeated season, but fall, fell to Eli Manning. And the Giants in Super Bowl Forty Two, and the first Super Bowl hosted at then University of Phoenix Stadium, now named State Farm Stadium. Just your ASU knowledge is on fire. <laughs> Speaking of your ASU knowledge, I want to run a little segment here, uh, where I don't speak at all, uh, which is just a, a blessing to you, honestly. <laughs> uh, Jacob is going to speak for just one minute. I'm going to set a timer. Uh, and when that minute's over, he's going to stop talking. I don't care if it's in the middle of a sentence or anything. Around the horn lets them go on for a little bit longer. I don't care. I'm ruthless. I'm, ruthless. I'm a ruthless dictator. Oh my goodness. This is my timer. 
I don't care what Jacob has to say. I'm barely going to listen to it. When the timer goes off, it's over. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jones Minute and your Sun Devil headlines from I'm all around right the state. All right, here we go. <laughs> Sun Devil women's basketball is going to host Oregon State and number 19 Oregon, both at Desert Financial Arena this coming week. David Puig is named the Pac-12 Golfer of the Month from the Sun Devil men's golf team, the number one ranked Sun Devil men's golf team entering this month. The water polo team is going to hit the road to the Stanford Invitational this weekend. Men's hoops getting ready to host the number three team in the nation, the UCLA Bruins at 8 p.m. Inferno, get your tickets downloaded and get out here and support the Sun Devils. And number four, ASC Wrestling host number 17, Stanford, this or tonight, actually, at Desert Financial Arena, if you can, get out there and support the Sun Devil men's wrestling team. And ASU Swimming is going to wrap up the regular season against the num- against their rivals from Tucson. So get out there to the swim uh, stadium right around the corner from Sun Devil Stadium and get ready to support the Sun Devil Swimmers. And that was your Jones Minute. Oh my god, he finished that with two seconds to spare. That That's my timer. Yeah. I got the cantina band. That was band the cantina my, band. I got my cantina band. That's right. Sound. I like it. I like it. That's fantastic. Other news coming in today is that the NBA All-Stars have officially been announced. And some local news, two Phoenix Suns players, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, have been named to the All-Star team. For the first time since 2010, the Phoenix Suns have two NBA All-Stars um, heading out to um, Cleveland. Cleveland, yes. There you go. <laughs> Tagging for you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's the first time since Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire did it in the 2009-10 season. But... The headlines that are making news is the people that did not make the NBA All-Star game. And to really start it out, I've looked through the All-Stars a couple times. I love all the selections. The new format of how we vote is designed to not have snubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while these people got in, I would say that people like LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, right. and DeJounte Murray are at least three that could have gotten in, but I see why they did not. Right. And it's just, and it, I think it brings a lot of PTSD to Suns fans, and I'm not talking about the 2021 NBA Finals, and but uh, I hate to even bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Bucks and six? Wait, what? No. But, um, Shooting yourself in the foot? Again, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it brings up a lot of that PTSD that Suns fans have felt for a long time, is that Devin Booker did never, never got the national respect that we thought he deserved, and then when he did make the All-Star game, it was for injury reserve. Yeah. yeah, someone got injured and Devin Booker got to take his place, but it still still leaves Suns fans with this feeling of that you know, he still he don't he still doesn't get respect, and I think a lot of Suns fans still feel that way now. Is that Booker's not getting the same respect as Damian Lillard, as Stephen Curry, even though the numbers that Devin Booker's been putting up this year um, definitely earn himself at least a spot in the MVP race. And that I mean, it's interesting to say respect over Dame because Dame did not even get considered for this All-Star game. Right. Because he's been playing so poorly right. this season, which is historic for Dame mm-hmm. to be playing as un-Damian Lillard-like as he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, I mean, in the East, if you look at the East uh, reserves, it is ridiculous. Yeah. There's not a single player there that has played center this season. Right. Uh, Chris just, Middleton yeah. and Jason Tatum are the tallest players on the reserves. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Jarrett Allen, which is also right. another snub. Right. Uh, Clint Capella, John Collins could be, but I mean, there's no one else really that uh, could really make yeah. that team. Van 
Fred Van Vliet was great. Uh, Darius Garland, great selection. Uh, one of those two could be replaced by a Jared Allen, Miles Bridges, or LaMelo Ball. Right. But honestly, they, they both deserved it. Their teams are doing great, or Van Vliet's just on fire. Yeah. It, it really brings up the question, what does it take to be an NBA All-Star? You know, I think if you're Miles Bridges, if you're LaMelo Ball, you're probably asking yourself, what more do I have to do? What more do I have to prove to the the Writers Association that, you know, that proves that I'm one of the top 40 NBA players in my respective conference? Right. And, you know, I think that kind of brings up a lot of things that Suns fans have felt for a long time, is that that sense of, you know, I know we're playing better than them, but they get more talk. Russell, Russell Westbrook put up 24 and a half or a quarter, and ESPN just had a field day with it, saying this is the first time since Kobe Bryant, but the Suns... It was 30. 30? 30 in the in one half. Right. When he scored five points in the other half. So mm-hmm. let's think about how impressive that really is. Right. <laughs> but we're also talking about a guy that has one of the worst field goal percentages on his respective team. Yeah. And just hasn't been effective this year. And he's still getting the same respect that LeBron and AD are getting. You know, it's really it's really interesting to think about that. Yeah, and speaking of Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook both not making the All-Star team for different reasons, Westbrook just kind of sucks for the Lakers this year. <coughs> Anthony has been riddled with injury, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm i injuring myself when I say this, but A, Data Davis. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have Jeez. friends call me later saying that's hilarious <clears throat> that you just said that. Yeah. But it's true, he's been out like all season long, and it's hurting, it's hurting me. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I have a little scratchy throat right now. Yeah, and um, You're ruining the radio. <laughs> I am. I am. It's probably from that all the yelling I was doing in the Inferno last night as I thought an upset watch was going on in Tempe. We were, we were about 20 seconds away from rushing the floor. Yeah, you, you're a hardcore, long-time mm-hmm. ASU fan. We went with a long-time USC fan, and I was unbiased, so I did not yell. <laughs> so I'm doing just fine with my crystal clear voice articulating perfectly into this mic, uh, spelling and sounding out uh, Charlie Turn. Oh, no, not again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, okay, so, no, I'm doing great. Uh, I've not messed up once this show. <laughs> <laughs> this will be something we look back on in the tapes. And it's, <laughs> it's just, but again, like, it just brings up the question of, you know, is that respect and, you know, is it the new era of players that don't get this much natural respect? You know, I know LaMelo Ball is doing the uh, the in-between leg thing, alley-oop to every one of his teammates. But, it's ridiculous. But then it also brings a question, if you're a writer, does that um, give you the right to be in the NBA All-Star game? Uh, I mean, and he's leading his <coughs> team. Uh, the Hornets are going to be in the playoffs this right. year, and it's all in part to LaMelo and Miles Bridges. Right. I think it was... Charles Barkley, who brought up the idea, maybe it wasn't, because it was a really smart thing that someone said, uh, not calling Charles Barkley not smart, but I mean, his, right. his guarantees are not. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes not as, as crystal clear. Uh, but someone said uh, on the inside crew that uh, Miles Bridges and LaMelo split votes, basically. And if it was mo- more focused on LaMelo or Bridges, one of them might have gotten in. Right. But since both of them were heavily campaigning for each other and together, it was kind of uh, one of neither one could really make it, uh, or one of them was going to just squeak in. Right. And yeah, there's no doubt about it. So we'll see how much comes from this and how much. <coughs> oh, Jesus. <clears throat> I know. Oh my goodness. You okay? Ooh, I don't know. Maybe. Ooh. Sorry, I'm clearing my throat a little bit, trying to get the 
trying to get the horse out of my throat. There's not a single water bottle in the area. There is not a single water bottle in the that area. That is Arizona. Yes. <laughs> you talk about a drought, folks. This is something going on. But something that I want to reference from last show is that the speculation of whether or not Tom Brady is going to be in the NFL next year is officially over. Adam Schefter is, can finally breathe again, just like me as my throat is finally clearing up, because Tom Brady has officially retired after 22 seasons in the NFL. Yeah, and with, like, what, three Hall of Fame careers kind of split in between all that time? Right. Uh, he he is a great football player uh, who has wronged so many people. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. He, every single team is delighted to hear this news, uh, except for Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the people in New England are like, finally. But if I was in New England, yeah. I'd be like, weren't you supposed to retire with us? Yeah, and there's a lot of New England fans that feel that way. I know the Indianapolis Colts are, are celebrating. <laughs> uh, Chargers uh, had a really funny Instagram moment where they just, you know, shoved Tom Brady out the door. Yes. Uh, the I mean, Jets were definitely enjoying it. Oh, he said, absolutely. this better be real. The Giants, too, I hope. I yes. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed the Eli Manning goodbye video. <laughs> the man who was beating him in the Super Bowl twice. Yep, and the you know he you know that's one thing he's going to hold over Peyton for the rest of his life. Isn't there a losing record against Russell Wilson? Is that true? For who? Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah, I I believe so. If I'm not mistaken, because you know I think we all think of the when we think of Tom Brady and the Patriots, we think of that you mad bro meme of him and uh, him and uh, Richard Sherman, the former Seahawk quarterback. <coughs> oh my goodness. Let's put this on the poll. When you think of Tom Brady, do you think of you mad, bro? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, not as much. Maybe if I was a Seahawks fan. But if I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm not exactly talking about Tom Brady in the lightest way after Super Bowl Forty Nine. Oh, yeah. And uh, something about the uh, one-yard line. That's for our, that's our friend uh, Jake Brown and Kenji. As that's, I'm sure that's a fun memory to think about when they... Think about Mr. Tom Brady. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. you never know. My favorite Tom Brady moment was uh, Deflate Gate. Yeah. Uh, yes. Living in the Indianapolis area at the time, mm-hmm. uh, everyone was talking about it. Yep. Uh, you could have won without doing that, Tom Brady, just <laughs> by the way. Uh, you would have completely destroyed them without deflating any football. Yes. And it's it wasn't really, you know, there's that's obviously something that's going to be a kind of a stint in his career of like, you know, you did deflate a football when it wasn't exactly necessary because you were obviously the better team. Right. Even in the AFC Championship, we all knew in the final score of 55-7, to seven, and not because of deflated football, it's because of the New England Patriots just being better. Right. But I think the real question now is, you know, now that Tom Brady is gone, where does he spend his time now away from football? Probably sitting with his family somewhere having... I don't know what's rich people food tapenade. Uh, yeah, something like that. It's a well from like iCarly from yeah Neville, Neville Papperman. I don't know. Do rich people not? Is that not a rich people thing? Just... Well, well, what's what to ask them? You know, any rich people that go to the Valley Variety Instagram that'll be our Instagram poll. Do rich people eat tapenade? Do rich? Okay, I'll put that down. Do rich people eat tapenade? That's a great question. Uh, what is tapenade? I, I it's that's a that's another great question. Is that, <laughs> what is it? Maybe, maybe that could be up? a maybe that could be a, a write-in poll. Anybody out there know what tapenade is? Maybe look it up. Yes, what is tapenade? That that'd be great. That and just, do rich people eat it? It doesn't sound good. What is? 
It, it, it feels, it feels okay. like stuff you put on chips or something. Or well, yeah, that, fancy that's, what, that's what I Carly was. Yes, and then he's and then Carly spit in Neville's face. Like olive oil? Is that what I'm looking at? Olive oil, basically. Cause it, cause oh, it, I spelled it wrong too. Oh, so that that's probably the problem. Well, uh, yeah, it's sauce. Sauce. Uh, it's often served with pork chops, chicken, and steak. Really? Because they had crackers. So that, that's a. This is kind of a kind of a, a line squeeze. Didn't they spit it out? Yeah, she spit it out into his face. Yeah. In one of the episodes. Right. And that obviously didn't go well for one of the characters, whoever it might have been. I think it was Neville. I think she would rue the day that she did that. She would rue the day. Rue it! (laughs) Rue it! Ruin it. (laughs) 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 I'm still trying to find out what Toppinot is. No, I'm getting enraged. What is this? Uh, Guys, someone please help Ben. It's he's. Someone just this is a real issue for me. He needs some topping on. Ben, I think you need some topping on. I don't want topping on. I want to know what it is. Oh, I think... Why can't we have both? Because it looks disgusting. <laughs> I'm absolutely disgusted it, it doesn't. It this. doesn't sound great. It doesn't sound no, appealing. it doesn't look great either. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I'm curious. It's like, this is... What do you even look... Look this, at this. this it looks like it looks like purple salsa. Is this the next evolution in radio and podcast where we're just you know doing we're talking about images on our phones? Yes, it's just we have to we have to really paint the picture now. Yeah, of I, exactly what I we're don't, talking about. I don't. It looks like God. What what's it good? It looks like raw beef mixed with corn hash. <laughs> looks like the stuff that hot dog is made out of. Is that right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one looks like. You know, a boysenberry uh, dust. That's what I want to go with. It really does. Why is it purple in this one and green in the next? It's a, it's a, I think that's guacamole. <laughs> disturbing. Uh, whatever it is, Mr. Tom Brady, I hope you enjoy retirement. I hope you enjoy your tapenade with whoever you have it with. And thank you for 22 excellent years in the NFL. Just please don't feed it to your kids, for the love of God. And as a true NFL fan, we thank you and... Do you tip the hat to him, or I think we him? do, and we're happy to see you go. Do we give him a round of applause, or do we just do we let him go? I think we just let him go. Okay, that's fair. The bird has to fly out of the nest. Speaking of Tom Brady, though, I do want to make a next week's show a little preview. We are doing a Super Bowl preview show. Uh, we're going to talk about what we think uh, will happen in the Super Bowl, uh, and then it'll be quickly followed by a incessant ramble about wings. Uh, we're bringing in a friend of ours that has very controversial opinions of, about wing places that he enjoys. Uh, I won't spoil much more, uh, but you just got to listen to it because it's just going to be a lot of uh, tomfoolery, as I yes. would call it. Tom foolery. Ah, I see what you Brady. did there. Oh, like Brady. Yeah, that was actually so unintentional. And that's why it works. <laughs> so stay tuned for our Super Bowl preview episode here on the Valley Variety.